Okay, so another episode of Block Chat with your host, Hassani Adi. So we're back today speaking to Alan Henner, who is a fintech and cryptocurrency consultant. He's been very active in the Masternode space of late and very active on Twitter, LinkedIn, etc., talking about this really exciting new field area of cryptocurrency and blockchain tech. So I want to talk to Alan to learn more about what a masternode is, what they are, and what value they bring to this space in general. So you're going to learn about masternodes, consensus networks, some protocols, and some theory behind masternodes and how they came about. So I hope you enjoy. And yeah, here we go. Alrighty. And for a cool fact of the day for this podcast, we have some research coming out of University of Colorado at Boulder. It says that a new super-insulating gel developed by researchers at CU Boulder could dramatically increase the energy efficiency of skyscrapers and other buildings. And it might one day help scientists build greenhouse-like habitats for colonists on Mars. So you have this gel, which you apply to structures and buildings and glass, and you can therefore increase energy efficiency. Very cool, love it. Okay, so new episode of Blockchat. Today I'm speaking to Alan Henner uh, from Stake and Notes. He is a masternodes expert, uh, been in the space for a little bit of time now. So you can find Alan Henner on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and at stakeandnodes.com and stakeandnodes on Twitter. Um, Alan, Alan, he's like a pretty interesting guy. You know, you've, you've got a lot, a lot going on. Uh, it's great to see a person being so public about their involvement in crypto because we find that crypto itself being anonymous, people want to stay anonymous. But with that, you can't necessarily have the credibility that you'd like in terms of reaching people. So is, 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 is that an okay introduction for you? Is that what you're doing right now, the Stake and Nerds? Why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself? Yeah, so um, a little bit of history on my background is I've been in the technology space for my entire career. I've been... Um, Mainly in, I've, I mean, I'm a software engineer, software architect. I've written a lot of software. I still write software today. Not anything in the crypto space. Um, mainly because in the crypto space, I don't, I don't want to do development because um, development is is a certain level of uh, engagement and commitment that I've got in other projects going on that I want to keep time open to do consultancy and advisory sort of positions and strategic positions. So I've been in technology for a long time. And about nine months ago, I said, I kind of really finally started getting serious about looking into crypto. And I said, you know, by the summer, I'm going to be full-time crypto and I made it happen. So happy to be here. Uh, I've sort of, when I made that declaration, I didn't know how or what I would be doing, mm -hmm. but it seems that I've ended up in the masternode staking proof of stake space of crypto and i really see this space um it's really grown 
even in the last, if you look at the last six, seven months, they've had easily almost like 350 new coins. And I'm not saying they're legitimate, but the use, and these are very specific coins that are some degree of a conceptual master node. So space is really growing. I think it'll expect to continue growing. And I really like where it's going to go for crypto in the long term. That's really cool. Yeah, because I wanted to also understand why why you thought this was really worth putting your energy and effort into to move into this full time. Because it seems as though you quit a full time job in the software yeah. dev space to actually go into this. Well, yeah. So I wasn't a software development. I actually had a pretty a pretty good job as an IT manager at a healthcare company mm-hmm. here in the states, and I, I think there's something to be said for passion and interest. And I think that I have much more passion and interest for being in this space um, within the crypto space and just more technology focused space um, than what I was doing before. And I think you really have to have a passion for what you're doing. Um, to yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so were there any kind of indicators or markers that you were noticing or, or becoming aware of that led you to believe that master knows the space was taking off and worth actually investing your time um, into? Think, yeah, I think what really what it really came down to was is I mean is is the fact that when you look at crypto, it's purely speculation generally, right? So in crypto. You have people like, oh, they're trying to do trading. And really, the focus isn't the utility. And I think really, if people really, really want some sort of uh, real traction and gain for crypto, you have to talk about how you're going to use it. And I think uh, national coins typically focus more of the good projects focus more on the usability and utility of it. Uh, And then on top of that, you get an ROI. So just like you look at mining, which provides you some ROI, so you invest into equipment, you invest into power, you know, electricity and, and other sort of uh, other things you need to buy to run a mining operation, and you get some ROI from that, right? Well, mm-hmm. because of proof of stake and masternodes, it's a similar concept, but it's a much lower barrier of entry for the average individual to get into a master notes. Now it is technical, but there are other services out there that let you have that, that let you get involved in this space. It's not quite the, the overhead from getting mining equipment, running it, having a special place in your house or office building to run it. Right. So once I saw that it was speculation plus ROI, that's something that, uh, a lot of people can latch on to, they can understand. It's almost like when you buy a home and then it gives you some ROI, um, you know, to, to at, like if you're renting out a home, you get some ROI based on your costs and things like that. And the other things that masternodes give you is the ability, the more mature projects, they have governance. So you have the ability to vote and make proposals on strategic and tactical moves by that project so it really has given sort of a channel and an avenue for people to get engaged with that community um not just investors and enthusiasts but also sort of connect directly with the development team Um, and that's not just the pure technical development i think people say dev team they always think just about the developers and the coders but 
the more mature projects will have marketing, they'll have legal, they'll have a communications, PR, social media, community managers, community managers, that sort of thing. So ultimately, I think that that's what interested me and in, is that I can see Masternodes evolving into a really low overhead business operation that are providing some set of goods and services to, you know, businesses and consumers over the long term. Okay. That's really cool. Very interesting. Okay. Um, so this is, this is great. And for a person that doesn't really know what a master node is, say, yeah. say you're trying to describe a master node to a four-year-old, how would you yeah. describe that? as a concept, because you're talking about ROI, talking about speculation, then we're talking yeah. about the project itself and being a, a low low investment operation. But what actually is a master node from a four-year-old's perspective? All right, so I, I don't know if quite a four-year-old I can reach down that far, but really what <laughs> it is, is I think what they've done is, and I think this will continue to evolve what is a master node, but it establishes a certain sort of threshold for an investor to commit to the project. To, to, so you need to get to a certain level of investment with the coins to be able to be part of the consensus and or governance process for a project. So if you look at the sort of, if you look at Dash, for instance, which is sort of the Bitcoin of the masternode space, if you look at them, um, who, you need- Sorry, who, 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 sorry, who, who? Dash. Dashcoin, D-A-S-H, yeah. yeah. Definitely, um, probably the best masternode project right now and sort of the originator of this concept. I'm sure they weren't the first, but they sort of is, are, are, are kind of really set the flag uh, with, within, with this space. And so you need 1,000 Dashcoins. You need to acquire 1,000 Dashcoins to run a masternode for Dash, right? So that's, mm. I don't know. I don't know how much Dash is. Let's say it's a quarter. Let's say it's 250 bucks. It's a quarter million dollars, right? So you need to acquire said Dash coins and then you set up some software and you run a masternode through some configuration and setup and things like that. And what that enables you to do is then uh, you're part of the network consensus in validating transactions and you also get to create proposals to, to vote on certain capabilities and, and, and that you want to bring to the Dash network, whether it's marketing, uh, what have you. And then you get to, you know, you get to make a proposal and then you get to vote. So it, it's it's a very sort of low overhead way to gain or be able to give some input into the project yourself really cutting out a lot of red tape and just if you think about the way business works today from an investor perspective. And I think that's going to be the beautiful things about masternodes is the avenue as to which you can sort of steer or give input um, directly to a project um, and have a voice within it. And the masternode just says you're invested at a certain level. You need um Okay, that's now, quite there, now now masternodes vary in price if you're gonna measure in fiat anywhere from ten or fifteen dollars to a quarter million dollars with dash. Um 
there are many legitimate projects in between and there are many, many, many bad projects in between that as well. But that goes for crypto in general. And I think a general rule is if you wouldn't invest in the project without a masternode, don't invest in it with a masternode. Right. Okay. But a masternode yeah. isn't a reason to um, to buy to buy something. Okay, yeah, because I do hear about people just buying masternodes from projects for the sake of buying masternodes for the sake yeah. of having potentially a return investment for each transaction without actually knowing about the project or the team or the people in the project. Yeah, that's just the generally a bad approach. And there's a lot of people that see that as a money grab opportunity and, and if they've done things accordingly, they spin up projects. I mean, a lot of these projects are copy pasta projects. They just throw them out there and there's no substance to them. So that's why I created the jams list on my site, which sort of sheds some light on these projects that don't, aren't really bringing anything new to the space and aren't really uh, delivering any, any quality projects. So it, it's more of a list so that people can say, oh, well, look at this. It's on the jams list. Obviously, they have some work to do before I can consider them for anything. Okay, so your jams list is a list of projects that have passed your ceiling. No, 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 no. How it's a project ceiling? to avoid, I would oh, say. Oh, okay, okay. And I think it was it was sort of radical initially because people were kind of upset. Oh, I'm on the jams list. No, this is a real project, this, this, and that. And frankly, I don't really care. Um, that's my opinion. You don't have to use it. But the good thing is it's allowed me to engage with different projects that were on there and they talk to me and they say, hey, we'd like to be taken off here. And they kind of show me, well, this is what we're working on. We're a CS project. See, we have our community. I know it's early, this, this and that. And I've taken some of them off um, after engaging and talking with them. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things where, uh it, it, it's worked out, I think, for investors love it, right? They're very interested yeah. in, in that sort of thing because they want to know what they can avoid. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Putting their um, money into. Yeah. So I'd like to just loop back a moment and understand if I understood you correctly, because you're saying that a master node essentially is a project in which, well, a master node is a is a device or a protocol in a project where you are able to purchase a large quantity of that project's coins to then validate transactions. So you become a point of validation on the network for transactions. And as a result, by being a masternode, you also get to have a vote and a say in the evolution of the project. And is that correct? Yeah, I think that's a fair summarization is that once you obtain the necessary collateral and you set up the master node, that's when you're able to to get engaged with with that. Now, you don't need a master node to get involved with a master node project. You can just go into the communities, Telegram, Discord and or whatever their social their media form is for engaging with projects, even Twitter. Um, I just think that the masternode owners, once you make that level of commitment, um, you're, you're more invested in it. You're more likely to care about your investment and care about the direction of the project. Okay, that's cool. And in terms of projects that you have 
really believe to be good and want to invest your money and time into? Could you give us a list of projects that you you think are actually worth you know not being on the jams list and actually worth? Oh, yeah, being well, they into? wouldn't be on the jams list. And so one of the things I try to avoid uh, personally is I don't want to turn. I think credibility is of utmost importance in this space, and I think that. Um, what I don't want to turn into is is, is a, a shilling and saying, oh, well, buy this or buy that. I mean, there are some projects that are like that I like, some projects that I've invested in myself. So if you look, um, obviously, Dash is a good one. There's Blocknet. Um, there are um, there's there's Go Buy. GenCoin is a really good one of late because they have a really good use case because they're servicing the masternode industry as a whole. So there, there's, uh, there are a lot of legitimate projects out there, but I think percentage wise, they're at most maybe 20, 25% that are legitimate. And that doesn't even mean that you should invest in them. It's just that they're a legitimate project, right? Um, and so, but there are a lot of other projects that are going to be coming. If you look at something like VeChain, which is going to have some some degree of, they're going to have tiered master nodes. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is out there that's that's coming. There's a, a supply like a supply logistics um, T Food, which is going to have master nodes. Um, so there are some coins that are coming down the down the line that will have master nodes for um an, a masternode opportunity so that I, I i can talk about some projects but i prefer to kind of just um i i don't want it to appear as i'm i'm sort of shilling any any, any yeah project. of course of course of course it's absolutely understandable okay then so let's kind of like change direction slightly um Let's think a little bit about, you know, for engineers or for technical people, what would you actually need to actually have in place to create a masternode for yourself on, say, I don't know, VeChain or or, or, or a dash code? Dash right. Code? Dash chain. What kind of dash, hardware dash, do you need? Dashcoin. It's called Dashcoin. Yep. Okay. So what do you need in terms of hardware or software to get a masternode off the ground? Right. So normally you, what you would do is you would set up what's called a VPS, virtual private server, and you would need to run some configuration uh, lines. And usually any, even the even the worst coins will give you a guide to set up this masternode coin, and it'll tell you exactly what to type in. Some of them give you an easy script, but you would need probably uh, at minimum $5 a month. To run a VPS, there are sites like Vulture and DigitalOcean. Um, I have you can go to my site. So on my site, I would I would say if you go to my site and you go to the Masternode Quick Start, there, the, there's a there's education Masternode Quick Start. It kind of walks you through sort of what you need to do to get set up. But generally, you just need a VPS set up and about five bucks a month per Masternode to run um, to run each each masternode and you just have a setup and you send your coins. There's some transactions you do and it's pretty much the same for like 90, 90% of the coins. Hmm. That seems pretty easy, huh? That seems quite easy. Uh, it's, it's difficult for some people. Um, 
it's easy for people that are more comfortable with technical. Well, I, I like, for instance, you need to log into a Linux VPS and type in. That could be terrifying yeah. for some people, but it may not be. I mean, I tell people all the time, if you can read, you can probably figure this out. Honestly. Yeah, of course, with, with time. Um, See, so yeah, it's interesting because before before the start of the podcast, before we start recording, you mentioned something about business technology and and speculation was is that correct you mentioned business this technology this, and money business yeah technology. yeah could you elaborate on that please that's quite interesting yeah so i think what i what i look at with um this is crypto in general less to do specifically with masternodes but i think you have if you look at right now, and I actually have a diagram that um, I've, I've created and kind of show to people to help them conceptualize it. But if you look at the way right now we have a money system and that's like your fiat money, right? Your government money. So that's one sort of system that moves on its own. And, and, and that's the way we exchange value with each other within our geographic borders or even cross borders with doing, you know, like a forex exchange or just when you go to another country, you could exchange, you know, a pound or a dollar for, you know, a rupee in India or something along those lines. Right. So there's money. There's obviously business. So those are companies that are running and providing some set of products and services to consumers um, and or businesses. And then you have technology, which is sort of the underpinning for just a lot of different operations, right? So what crypto is, is putting all three of those things together. Money, the ability to exchange value, business, providing some set of products and services to consumers and or businesses, and then technology, which secures and maintains the scarcity of said money, so if you look at like money systems, you know, you have central banks and governments that are printing money pretty much unchecked with no visibility, no, you know, no transparency and and just some level of complexity that um, their communities, essentially their sovereign countries have to sort of trust them like, yeah, we're doing the best. We're doing a good job. And if you look at for instance, the United States and quantitative easing and inflation and just how that impacts the individual, there's a lot of pain in that. And and I think with cryptos, you get that transparency. And I'm not saying it's perfect, but you get that transparency within the protocol that you don't need to trust any central entity. The network has a trans uh, has a protocol. You see the inflation rate with the block rewards. No one can change it. And if someone attempts, attempts to, uh, to change it, everyone will know. And that individual can, can, can be, not, I don't say identified, but essentially disregarded from the network. So when you talk about ways to sort of maintain fair value systems in a way that values exchange and define, cryptos definitely trump any sort of uh, central, central government or uh, uh, central bank system that we have now. Uh, it's definitely an uphill battle because um, money and your ability to control money within your borders is definitely a way uh, to maintain power um, mm. for, for not just your, your from a defense perspective, 
Um, you know, United States is powerful because it's essentially um, still as of now the base currency for the world. And there's a lot of inherent power that comes from that. And obviously your citizens and everything use that. But if you look at how um, crypto changes that, you no longer need to consider um, borders anymore because um, it's a borderless uh, sort of operation with money system. And the network that's being secured by the different nodes, whether that's, you know, like nodes for uh, uh, proof of work or proof of stake with master nodes, it doesn't really matter at that level. Um, you have a much larger degree of transparency than you do with, okay. with, with that's quite government. Yeah, government. Yeah. So, so by having the master nodes in crypto in general, it actually facilitates greater transparency uh, compared oh, to central sure. government, central banks. Um, yes, but of sure. course, the downside of that is that banks and governments and countries cannot control the flow of money and cannot assert power over their citizens, essentially, which, of course, yeah. is what they are trying to avoid. <laughs> right, right. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is that there are a lot of... Um, so the, a lot of people in the mass, in the, not the mass, but in the crypto space early um, are tend to be your more libertarian anarchist individuals. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with those people at all. Um, certainly everyone can, can have their opinion on, 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 all, on all of those things. Uh, ultimately, they're the ones sort of were first in because it aligns with their philosophical and ideological beliefs. And I, I don't think... I don't, I don't necessarily align with them. I can see their ideals. I don't think that's necessarily the, the, the long term. But what I do see is you need some sort of counter, right, um, to government money and government, government value systems and central bank value systems, which are heavily manipulated and controlled. The people of the world need some other way to exchange value where you can trust in the network you can trust in the protocol because of the transparency that you get there, right? And the credibility that you get there as opposed to uh, fiat systems of money. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm. So that's, I guess that's the reason why crypto has emerged and why it's so powerful now and why people really are rallying behind it is because they recognize the moral and philosophical value of crypto and block and the blockchain space, which is quite interesting. And then linking that back to the masternodes, the masternodes, if I'm wrong, please correct me, but the masternodes seem to be the glue that hold the network together and actually allow it to scale. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, you, you don't need a masternode to, to maintain, to do consensus on a network. So, for instance, proof of work, purely proof of work coins don't have masternodes. The, 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 the nodes, the, the miners and, you know, the nodes, they secure the network and validate the transactions. Um, what masternodes do, they can do the same thing if set up that way. But what they also do is provide you a vehicle for investors to like i mentioned before to take part of the to take part in the governance process 
and 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 maybe validating the miners. Um, they're just another way to do consensus, and they're another way, more importantly, to vote and influence the direction of a project. Whereas I think so, okay. if you look at like projects like Bitcoin, and we have to make a decision, there's really no way to make a decision um, with with Bitcoin and you get forks. And I'm not saying that a fork couldn't happen with masternodes, but when you have a defined way to achieve some sort of decision-making body with things like governance and just more um, engage a certain threshold for engagement with a project, it sort of changes the way that decisions are made and accepted when you're in the minority. Right. And I think that the pure proof of work, coins fall into that a lot of times and what you end up with is a controlling body that sort of can can be centralized and that's not within the spirit of crypto to be able to um, have developers that are essentially controlling the direction of what features go into a project the other thing is masternodes allow for input and guidance beyond just the technical end. And I think if you look at, for instance, and I don't mean to pick on Bitcoin, but if you look at Bitcoin, they have their bit process and people can suggest, suggest features, but that's, I mean, technology, you're, you're looking at the technology and you're not looking at the next level up of, of administrative decisioning of marketing of, you know, uh, like the branding of strategy all those sort of things. You don't really get that. You don't have a way to really have that discussion um, uh, outside of a central body that's essentially controlling everything. So I think that's what it, that's what this space is going to evolve into. That's really interesting because proof of work coins as well, they also suffer the problem of energy consumption. So they have more than one problem, really, uh, energy consumption and lack of ability to provide consensus and direct the project. Whereas we're saying uh, that. I, 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 to be honest, I don't really worry about the, I, I think, and, 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 the, and while I am focused on the masternode space and proof of stake, I, I think the whole idea that of them consuming power and, the proof of work. I mean, my first thought when I heard that is, well, look at the banks and how much look. So that, so if you look at banks, which right now are kind of the ones that handle our money and they transfer our money and they have all these buildings and operations. And if you look at their footprint from an environmental perspective, their actual operations mm. compared to proof of work, I'd, I'd wonder how far apart that really is. Do you see what I'm saying? And as, yeah, we continue, yep. and as we continue to move towards more green energy friendly um, uh, energy sources with wind, solar, uh, hydro and, and, and other geothermal and other things like that, I think what you'll find is that that it, it's it'll be slow, but there is definitely definitely be an, an up a continued growth in in the reduction in in the in the type of, I guess, dirty energy that yes. is going and into that work, right. Yes. So, and and I I I'm definitely not here to say that proof of work is is a bad thing. I just think that proof of stake 
and the masternode space is an alternative. Um, and in fact, what you'll find is a lot of coins are, do they do both? If you look at their block reward, they'll say, for instance, 50% goes to miners, 50% goes to masternodes, right? So they'll have a hybrid approach. Uh, now, a lot of them, their roadmap shows that they're going to move away from proof of work. Um, but that's because there's this general thought within crypto that the miners don't really care about the project. They're just there to mine for their financial incentive and they have to sell to cover their costs. They're not necessarily focused on the strategic direction and, and sort of mission and vision of, of that project. I'm not here to say that that's absolutely true in a, in a binary sense, but I do think there's some validity to that thought. Very interesting. Thank you for that. That's that's quite interesting insight that I haven't thought of before, um, especially in terms of when, when you actually compare the energy consumption of conventional banks, say, for example, HSBC with you know hundreds of offices exactly. and blocks exactly. around the world and people. And, yeah. and obviously the people, the energy, the energy the people use to get to the office each day um, across all their employees. That's just an example, isn't it, of energy use again. Um, I wanted to just dive one, one layer deeper, though, because we've talked about proof of stake a number of times. I'm aware of what that is, but a list may, may actually not be. So could you just give us a, a very brief sum up of what proof of work, proof of stake, um, proof right. of weight yeah. is? Yeah, so proof of work is where you hear about mining and you invest in mining equipment, whether that's like a physical sort of um, targeted uh, mine like a mining device from like Bitmain, or you get GPU cards from I don't know if it's Nvidia or AMD or what have you, and you run uh, you set up some software and you run and you provide proper ventilation and cooling and you run your mining operation and basically you're paid in a reward for the network you're trying to secure um, and for solving a cryptographic puzzle. Right. So you're essentially doing a trial and error to solve the puzzle quicker than everyone else on the other nodes on the network trying to solve said puzzle so that you can get the reward. And the reward is, say, every 10 minutes. Right. Um, proof of stake doesn't require that for it to run that way. So what proof of stake is saying is that you need to acquire some said collateral to be part of the consensus project process, right? Okay. So whereas with proof of work, the investment is um, a, a hardware and, and energy into the network to show that you're invested in validating transactions on the work on the network and you're putting in some value. With proof of stake, you're putting in value too. You have to acquire said collateral, right? Yeah. So um, if you're doing staking, you can obtain a certain amount of coins and just keep your wallet open and be part of the consensus process. Or you can, depending on the setup, create a masternode and be part of the consensus process. In both examples, you're taking value and putting it into yeah. the network to be part of the consensus process at a conceptual level. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a consensus process, just to make clear, Look, yeah, so the consistent process is the way that everyone agrees that transactions are valid on the network. That's so it. right now with banks, 
um, or anything that's centralized, you have a central authority that says, yes, this transaction is good. Um, trust me, I got it, right? But if they get hacked or they want to censor your transaction for whatever reason, you really don't have any way around that. What crypto does is says um, where anyone can perform any sort of transaction. We only care about validating the transaction and setting instead of having a central authority, you're going to have ideally thousands of different um, copies of the same ledger or or. Um, uh, you think of it of like bookkeeping or database on thousands of different ma machines. And since everyone has the same copy and they're all validating every single transaction on the network, it'd be almost close to impossible to hack said network. Right. Whereas if you look at a bank or you look at, for instance, uh, even like uh, like Equifax, which is a credit agency, they get hacked. You, as as a consumer in a business, you don't really have much resource recourse sort of class action and they never really pay the penalty and they have all this control. Um, they're much more hackable and, and, and susceptible to attacks than a cryptocurrency network because you can you can attack. It, it, so if you wanted to attack half the network, it would be very expensive and it, and it almost wouldn't be worth it. And it's not worth it in almost 99 percent of cases to attack a network, uh, a cryptocurrency network. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have imagine um, 10,000 nodes that have the same copy of the same database, think how difficult it would be to attack all 10,000 of those which are run by up to 10,000 different people. Right. It'd be close to impossible because okay. and you wouldn't need to get all 100 percent. You could do it with half of them. But even that is very difficult. Right. And it'd have to be all coordinated and planned at the same time. It's close to impossible. So it's much more secure and resilient than a centralized uh, network that's that you have to trust to run. Mm, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's fascinating, really. And it seems as though master nodes really adds an extra layer of capability to the network uh, in terms of consensus, in terms of dealing with transactions and proof of stake definitely is more effective. Well, seems to be more, more effective than proof I, of work for I, the time being. I think, I think it's a good alternative. I don't want to imply one is good, one is bad. I think it's, 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 it's kind of like a Coke and Pepsi sort of thing, right? <laughs> um, I think both are bad because I don't drink pop but full of sugar but you 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 understand my point i don't think anyone's here like oh go coke is bad and pepsi is good or the vice versa no there's just different yeah just different similar but different right mm, yeah exactly yeah i really get that and um thanks for that breakdown there. that's quite interesting it's good it's always good to hear it again it's really you know deep in understanding so we've talked about you know, your involvement in the space in Masternodes. We've talked a little bit about the tech side of things and how to get involved in Masternodes. We've covered, covered a bit of consensus. We've talked a little bit about the projects. I wanted to understand now um, where you see yourself in this space over the next, I don't know, three, five years. What are you working with? Who are you collaborating with? And uh, yeah, what, you know, where do you see yourself in this space, really? And what kind of yeah. things are you going to be working on? 
Yeah, so at the moment, I'm just really trying to work on establishing credibility and at the same time sort of evangelizing this concept to people, right? So I'm really willing to work with anyone who wants to reach out. Um, the main area I'm trying to focus on is more from like a advisory consultancy perspective within this. Um, I, I'm right now doing some work with Index Capital, which is going to be a ICO, actually an STO, which is a security token, where they're going to invest in masternodes themselves and and have that. Uh, so they're going to raise some amount of capital. They're going to invest in masternodes. Um, we'll have some algorithms running. We'll have a committee that's going to review and you know invest and make decisions. And then we'll those token holders will receive an ROI back to them. But you know, if if you own a certain proportion of the tokens, the ROI you receive will um, essentially kind of give you a payout. So it takes it, it it makes it easy for someone not wanting to run an actual masternode to get involved with masternodes. Yes. So I'm involved yeah. with Index. I have my website stakingnodes.com. Um, you can get to it from my website alanhenna.com. A L L E-N-H-E-N-A.com, stakingnodes.com. Um, and yeah, so that, that, those are the two main things. My website, I'm going to have some dashboards and other pay services for data I'm collecting here within the next month or so um, now that I'm full-time in this. So that's been my prim primarily my main focus, and we'll see where that goes over the next couple months. Uh, what I do know is this space isn't going away. It's only going, only going to continue growing. I definitely want to take a leadership role in it um, and add a certain level of professionalism and, and, and uh, leadership in this space. That's amazing because I think that's what the space really needs. People like you who are going to really evangelize and make clear that this is credible, it's worth investing in. And it really, really, really is the future. So yeah, yeah Alan, it's been great talking to you. Um, thank you much for that block chat. Learned so much today. I hope our listeners have as well. We will definitely stay in touch. Um, I have your details now, I have your website, etc. cetera. Uh, I'm going to also post links to your projects and websites and handles on the block chat um, title page. So yeah, we'll, we'll stay in touch and uh, we'll, we'll call it, call it time there, I think. Okay. Well, thank you for having me, and I appreciate the opportunity to, uh, you know, to speak with you and your community um, about the Masternode space. And, you know, uh, feel free to ask me back anytime in the future. And maybe if your listeners have additional questions or anything like that, uh, they can reach out to me directly as well. Amazing. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye.